Hello folks, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We have had, I think, three weeks or a month's break now um, from recording any podcasts and I need, needed the break, if I'm being honest. I had a lot, a lot going on, a lot to plan, um, went away on holiday for five days, had a seminar, just had a, a heap of shit going on and I was actually burnt out and I was like done with ideas. Like I actually nothing was coming to my mind. Like I didn't have any guests. I didn't have any ideas for the podcast. I was just I basically frittered away to a creative nuclear bomb. Like I just exploded and just didn't have anything left. Um, and I've kind of come back after that break. Um, again, not to kind of delve into everything else that's going on in my life, but Ellie had an operation Um a couple of weeks back now, um, which had kind of been looming over us for a long time. Uh, she got that fixed. And um, yeah, it does. It feels like a weight off the shoulders. And that feels like for me and her, we can both get back to really enjoying our life. Not that we weren't. We can get back to really kind of living. Um, and there's this creative space in her brain and my brain um, in regards to the podcast. There's a creative space that's now opened. Um, I just feel like I've got so much more energy. I probably needed to get away in the sun for a bit and just take a rest and not look at anything work-related. Um, but I've come back with a fucking fire in the belly and I am ready to get going again with the podcast. And I'm actually quite excited about today's podcast episode because I had a lot of time to kind of like think about this and I've been speaking to a lot of clients about this um, this subject. Um, I won't reveal what it is yet. Um, but I, first of all, I want to say to and I hope I'm praying this person is listening. So I was at a wedding on, and you're probably going, you're probably going to cringe right now. Um, but I was at a wedding on Saturday night, and someone I don't actually know who it was. I don't know why I didn't ask the person, the girl's name at the time. I was like, why did I not just ask your name? And then I couldn't necessarily, I couldn't like go and then say, by the way, what's your name? I could have, but I don't know. Just me being my introvert self didn't go and do it. Um, he basically came up to me and said. I listen to all your podcasts. I love them. And I was just like that. That was just like, I was so nice. It was actually just a really nice thing to hear. Um, I was so glad that you said that to me because I wasn't actually going to start the podcast this week, but you made me start the podcast again this week. So that that, that was you. That was all you. Um, you prompted me to get this going again and it helped me really understand it. You know what? Although I maybe don't get thousands of listens on this podcast, most of the time I get anywhere from 50 to 100 and like, isn't that enough, Ryan? Like, why isn't that enough? And that's why I should put more focus, more quality into this, because I felt like at the end of the last season, I was just kind of like, I was just like powering them out and I wasn't really putting much time or effort into it. But I feel like I've thought quite a lot about today's one. Um, and there's a lot of examples with my clients. I obviously won't share their names or anything like that, but there's a lot of kind of examples I've been through with my clients and to help them with this subject. Obviously, you're listening to the podcast. You know what the title is. I don't know why I'm pretending that it's some sort of secret. You, you're literally reading it right now. Um, and it's Outwork Your Lack of Self-Belief, um, which is something that kind of I'll, I hold quite close to myself because as a youngster, I very much grew up with a lack of self-belief, a lack of, I just didn't think I was good enough for varying different things that I did in my life didn't think I was good enough at football, didn't think I was good enough to have my own business, didn't think I was good enough to, like, on a relationship standpoint. Um, a lot of things probably affected me as I grew up, and we're going to dive into that as to why I have that lack of self-belief. And then we're going to flip it round on its head and think, okay, then, 
if that is your situation right now and you are lacking self-belief in certain areas of your life, maybe you don't believe you can lose body fat. Maybe you don't believe that you can make the step up at football. Maybe you don't believe that you're worthy of this girl, this guy you're speaking to right now. Maybe you genuinely self-loathe and have these self-limiting beliefs that have plagued you for a long time and you lack self-esteem. Um, this podcast is for you. This podcast is for you to essentially realize that that's not true. Um, and the things that you believe about yourself are only stories in your head that you've built up evidence to suggest are true when in reality fucking nothing nothing's true about you right now nothing is true it's all malleable it's all moldable to the future um, and that's what i want to kind of try and touch on and i think you i think you'll take away something nice from this podcast um, and a couple of actionable little steps to improve whatever it is you lack self-belief in because there's something nobody is just completely one million percent confident in everything they do there is a lack of self-belief there is a um, there is a thought process, a story that you tell yourself that holds you back in some way, shape or form. Um, and yeah, I'm going to bring up a load of examples. <clears throat> so let me plod on. Um, yeah, once again, just thank you to the girl that spoke to me at the wedding because like those comments mean a lot to me. Um, I, I forgot to add, please drop me a message on Instagram so I can find out who you are. Um, and I just want to say thank you actually like properly because um, I, I really don't know who you are um, right now. And I feel rude for, for saying that, but um, I'd love for you to give me a wee message just to, just to um, say thank you. Um, so what is, what is self-belief? Like what actually is it? What, what is the root of it? And you can call it self-efficacy as well. Um, and this is from the kind of OG of, self-belief and self-efficacy theory i remember doing this in college psychology you'll probably recognize the name if you've done anything like that is the per self-belief is a person's belief in their ability to complete tasks or to achieve their goals and that's uh, albert bandura in 1995 um judging yourself to be capable capable of success increases your chances of actual success as fact judging yourself as not capable of success reduces the chances of success. It makes sense. Um, Albert Bandura was like a Canadian um, psychologist. Died, I think he died in 2021. He had a fair old stint. I think he was born in 1921. So he'd been on the go a while. Um, and he was kind of like one of the OGs of this kind of theory. And it's a pretty simple theory. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. You don't believe you can do something, you're probably less chance of you doing it. If you believe you can do something, then you can do it. I mean, just think of number one example. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo has a lot of self-belief in his footballing ability, um, so much so that it comes across as cocky. It comes across as overconfident. But it served him pretty well throughout his career. He believes that he can be the best player in the world, and he got himself to that. He, he was saying it when he was like 17, 18, he's like, I'm going to be the best player in the world. And you hear examples of that all the time. Um, I'm trying to think of another example. I just read about oh, who was it I just read about the other day um, I was listening to a documentary or something like that I think it was something to do with Kobe who used to say I'm going to outwork fucking everyone here I'm going to be the best in the world that was actually Michael Jordan but I'm sure they've both said that Michael Jordan from a young age was like I'm going to be the best in the world like I'm going to be the fucking goat and of course he was that's up for up for inter that's up for a question but I'm pretty sure everyone agrees that Michael Jordan was the goat for basketball um, and here's a little quote for you when Henry Ford introduced the idea of a car um, at one of his first board meetings. Everyone said it was going to be a gimmick. It was going to be a fad. It wasn't going to last. We've got horses. We've got cars. Why the fuck would we need a car? Um, look at the world now. Look how many cars there are in the world. Um, and his quote was, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. 
whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Whatever you believe is probably going to be true. And that is going to be the the idea behind everything that I speak about today in this podcast. Not everything, but the majority of it. So how do you shape your beliefs? How do you shape your self-limiting beliefs? That's what we're going to come on to. Is there's self-belief. And that's the self-belief that you have in yourself, but they're self-limiting beliefs. And that's probably the most important thing that I'd want to talk about. Um, and these tend to come from things that you've experienced as a child. Um, and these initially form the foundation of like your self-esteem. So your successes, your failures, how you're treated by members of your family, the teachers you have in primary school, secondary school, coaches that you have, maybe you're religious, maybe you go to certain groups um, and the friends that you spend the most time with can contribute majorly to your your self-esteem um and there's a lot of examples of how this shapes you and you just need to think about yourself right now like think of something think of someone that was really like really tough on you when you were a kid and that was just let's skip that part and use an example that i heard just the other day i was watching a, a small documentary about jude bellingham um everyone who's into football will know who jude bellingham is he's He's only 19 still, playing for Real Madrid, one of the best midfielders in the world, um, probably bossing it just now, um, a really fucking good player. Um, and one of his teachers told him when he was, I can't remember how old he said he was, but he said he wanted to be a footballer in front of the whole class. And you've heard this story a few times. I want to be a footballer. And he was like, no, but really, what do you want to be? That's unrealistic. You, you need to think of a real job. Um, like, why? I, don't get me wrong. Was all, I'm all about being practical, but... That could have that one comment there could have taken away one of the best young talents that England's now got. Not that I could give two shits about England's young talent. Like I'd rather that fucking um, Nigel Quashy was. Oh my god, I can't believe that name just came to my head there. Fucking uh, good luck to anyone. Well, there's going to be a few people I know are going to know that name, but wow, why is that the name that's come to my head? You need to Google him. Absolute Scottish legend or English. I don't. He's probably English to be fair, but his grand was Scottish. Tangent. That could have been the end of Jude Bellingham right there. Because someone shaped his thought process, someone shaped his self-esteem, his belief for him to be a footballer. Think about the effect that you have on people around you um, with how you shape them, especially if you've got young kids, like like bringing them down to earth is one thing, but telling them they can't do something and it's unrealistic is a load of nonsense. Like I'm not trying to tell you to tell your fucking 12 year old son from Forfar that he's going to be an astronaut in NASA who's who's to say he couldn't be but there's a level obviously but why can someone not be whatever they want to be Jude Bellingham could have been gone at that point when he got told that but he was stronger than that he was able to push through and call bullshit on it and develop his own beliefs and his own self-esteem so self-limiting beliefs are the ones which have the greatest potential for impacting negatively upon you achieving your full potential um obviously full potential is very much like a what is full potential? How do we ever know we've hit full potential? We develop limiting beliefs to protect us from future pain. That's all they are. They protect us from future pain. Usually they'll develop in your formative years in response to painful experiences. Um, now you've obviously got to consider that like some people will go through trauma in their in their youth. Some people will, parents will split up. Some people will lose family members. Some people will be in accidents some people will have some really fucking cruel things happen to them um, and for these people to adapt their self-limiting beliefs um, can sometimes be a little bit more technical because 
you may have unaddressed trauma from childhood that you've actually not went and looked at, you've not had help with. Now, that is above my pay grade. I'm not going to tell you how to fix that because I'm not qualified. Don't get me wrong. I've spoke to people in situations. I have began to begin to uh, began to begin. I begin to understand how that kind of stuff works, but I'll never try and like fix someone. Um, because that's not my job. That is a psychologist's job or a counselor's job to try and address that trauma. It's above my pay grade. But a lot of the times it's maybe not that deep and it's maybe not officially trauma. Um, but we need to understand how that has shaped us as a person. This well, the, the next comment would be, what do, what do you believe about yourself? Like what right, what stories do you believe about yourself, about what you cannot do and what you can do? And I'm going to ask you this question a few times in this podcast, but is it true? Is it true or is it a story that you've made up to protect yourself? So limiting beliefs come in loads of different kind of shapes and forms. Well, not loads, but they come in a few different shapes and forms. One of them would be limiting beliefs about the world. So these are beliefs about how things are and the belief that your circumstances are out with your control. Lack of time is a common limiting belief. Limiting beliefs around the world also include denial. Things like oh, true love doesn't exist or love at first sight doesn't exist. That's an example that I've, I've got here. Um, oh, I'm never going to have a career that I enjoy. Um, and changing limiting beliefs like limiting beliefs around the world are the hardest things that we can do. Like just think about statements like... Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to really come up with like a broad a term for this because everyone's everyone's are different. But like, oh, I'll never. I'll, yeah. To be fair, let's just use an example that's in here. Like, I'll never have a career that I. I'll never find. I'll never find love or something like that. Why? Why is that true? Why is that true? Um, and if we're able to change these limiting beliefs around about the, around the world, you'll be rewarded with unimaginable possibilities like just rubbish these beliefs and these stories that you tell yourself there's also like limiting beliefs about other people like what you think about people that you know oh he's just stupid oh he's just awkward or he's just oh, he's a he's an arsehole or something like that it's, it's not always it's not always true and then you can have certain beliefs like entitled beliefs um like for example believing that the world owes you something believing that um oh, why is he so lucky? Or why is she so lucky? Or, oh, fuck, the world's against me. I just have bad luck. Like, that's a bollocks belief. Like, that's not true. Like, the world is not conspiring against you. Like, yeah, you might have some fucking, what you perceive as bad luck. You may have family members that have illness. There may be a fucking, I don't know, you may get fucking your car written off by someone pulls out of the roundabout. Why has this always happened to me? It didn't happen to you. Fucking things just fell into place and you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. The world did not conspire against you. There's no such thing as really like bad luck or good luck. I know that's quite a, it's quite a morbid, not a morbid thing, but it's quite a, a frustrating thing to think about because you're like, well, why the fuck did that happen then? Um, it's kind of just how the world works, unfortunately. Um, that's a frustrating view to have, but I also think it's a uplifting view to have because it helps you understand that like, well, the world owes me nothing, so I best fucking just enjoy the life that I've got right now. Um, so, yeah. So, self-limiting beliefs, the things that you believe about yourself. There's a little kind of construct that I think about when I think about this. And there's another little quote. I've got a few quotes in here, so enjoy them. Um, Wear the mask long enough, the mask becomes the face. 
So if you believe something about yourself long enough, um, I'm fat, I'll never lose weight, um, I'll never be good at football, oh, I'll, nobody will ever love me. Believe that long enough, it fucking becomes your truth. And this is a little construct, construct that I go through and you can flip it on its head. So it's like the stories that you tell yourself then can become the things that you believe about yourself. They can then become the actions that you carry out in your life. That then becomes your life. And then that becomes your truth. So I'll go through that again. The stories that you tell yourself, like just something that you kind of, I'll, I'll, like I just noted, like you'll never lose weight. I'll always be fat. I'll, I'll never be in great shape. You then believe that. If you believe that, it then becomes your actions because why would you do something that you don't believe? Um, it's like being a Christian and going to a mosque. Like, does that, that probably doesn't make sense, but does it make sense? It's like you wouldn't go and worship something that you don't believe. So when you believe you can lose weight because, oh, I've lost five pounds and I've been going to Weight Watchers and this is working, like you begin to believe that and you go, oh, fuck, I could actually do this. So then that reflects itself in your future actions. Um, and then that becomes the way that you live your life. And then that becomes your truth. Um, again, I just, I'm not actually, to be fair, I spoke about trauma earlier, so I don't really need to touch on that. So I just want to talk about the actual kind of physiological like effect that this has on you. So, and how this works. So there's a part of your brain um, called the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex, which as you could imagine by the word frontal, it is very much in the front of your brain. Um, it helps us with our fight or flight reaction. So it helps us freeze or to run away, depending on how much danger we are. Your brain's obviously really, really complex and like it's not just as simple as that, but um, this is the part of the brain that deals with self-limiting beliefs. So you program a self-limiting belief into your brain that, um, for example, oh God, I go to, let's again, let's go back to prehistoric times. If I go into that fucking little cave over there, there's a fucking T-Rex is going to run out. I don't know how the T-Rex got in the cave, but apparently he did. He must have fucking knelt down and, and done a little crawl. But if I go into there, I'm probably going to die because there's a T-Rex that runs out and eats me. So you avoid that cave. That's The prefrontal cortex protects you and it gives you this self-limiting belief. I shouldn't go in caves. Caves are dangerous. T-Rexes are dangerous. So you live the rest of your life understanding that. It's a protective measure. It protects you from danger. Um, however, we then get a belief that I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for her. I'm not good enough for him. And why do we believe that? Because it protects us from rejection it protects us from embarrassment it protects us from getting let down again and we maintain that self-limiting belief because we believe that that will happen every single time but the only evidence that you have is you got rejected one night in a nightclub or you got rejected by your last girlfriend so it's like oh, that's that's going to continue to happen to me so there's a fight that needs to go, go on there it's a it's a genetic kind of like um predisposition that you need to fight it's like this has been ingrained into me for thousands of years so i must like this is this is a normal this is a normal reaction and um, however there's a difference between someone going not giving you their number and getting eaten by a t-rex you can obviously see the difference there one you die and two you just got a little bit of embarrassment but this is the problem with the modern world like we view these very small minuscule problems as fucking colossal um when in reality it's not a life or death situation so 
this protective measure within our brain is fucking vital. If not, we would just like look over the edge of a cliff and just go, hmm, that looks, the water like down there looks nice. Let's just jump in there. But what you know about jumping off of cliffs into water is that it's dangerous. So you don't do it. We, this part of our brain was switched off. We'd fucking be dead within two days, two hours probably. So it's, it's needed, but we need to tune it back. We need to tune it back and understand that you telling yourself that you'll never lose weight is very much a protective measure to keep you comfortable and to mean that, oh, I don't need to do hard work because going to the gym is hard and running and doing cardio is hard and fucking eating really well and clean is really hard. And like, oh God, like fucking the last time I tried it on my own, I tried to lose weight on my own. It didn't work. And so fuck it. Like let's, let's just not go through that stress. So that's what you're protecting yourself from. It's not like for death. So these self-limiting beliefs very often are bollocks. They're just stories that we tell ourselves. They turn into beliefs, they turn into actions, they turn into life, they turn into our truth. So I googled how to build self-belief. And um, let's just say it's not really what I think is right. So you Google this kind of stuff, how to build self-belief, how to overcome self-limiting beliefs, kind of the same thing. And it comes up with this kind of generic load of shit. Um, and it's going to help. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of these points do have a point, but they're not really that good. So write out a list of things you admire about yourself. It's like the same as like um, words of affirmation. Go and look in the mirror and say that you're brilliant. Like you are worthy. That's just all fucking airy-fairy American fucking TV show shit. Like that's not going to help you. Okay, so number number one on the list is write out a list of things you admire about yourself. Number two is stop being a people pleaser. Uh, don't really know how that's related. Three, step outside your comfort zone. That's probably relevant. Number four, stop comparing yourself to others. Again, probably relevant because we we see someone in in the future. We see someone that we aspire to be like, and they're maybe like. Maybe they've done years and years of work. It's like me coming into my personal training business and looking at someone that's been in the business 10 years and makes fucking 100 grand a year. And I'm like, fuck, why am I not there? Like, you're never going to get anywhere if that's who you're comparing yourself to. It's got to be you against you. You don't know what that person's overcome and you don't know how much years and like lessons they've learned over the years. Forgive yourself for your past Thoughts is the next one. Um, okay, fair enough. Set boundaries in your relationships. Not really sure how that works. Celebrate your wins. Again, I'm not against it, but again, I'm not really sure how it works. Let go of negative people. Like, okay, I understand that. It's more so letting go of negative thoughts. If people are bringing you down and saying that, you've got people around you that say, you could never do that, or why would you want to do that? You know when you maybe say, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to pursue this career and that person close to you goes why the fuck would you do that you'll never be able to do that or oh no you might not oh that might not work like that's the kind of people you want to let go of so that's a google search you'd be struggling if that's the advice that you're looking for like that doesn't really help so let me kind of talk about what i believe works and again i'm not an expert in this field but i just feel like i've worked with a few people overcoming self-limiting beliefs so You've got to firstly kind of address where these self-limiting beliefs come from. Now, this is a hard task. Um, and I want to sit down. I'm actually going to get a pen out and I'm going to roughly evaluate where mine's come from. And I've, I purposely didn't try not to think about this too much before I came on the podcast because I wanted to almost do it live. Um, and I wanted to evaluate where mine's come from. Um, so I believe that my self-limiting, this is me getting my pen out, by the way. Hopefully you heard that. Um, just so you know, I'm not buying. 
Um, so where do minds come from? Where do my most most of my self-limiting beliefs come from? So um, again, without going into the absolute minutiae of why these come here, I'm not going to fucking out anyone, but um, I think self-limiting beliefs started off with like me growing up, um, being a little bit overweight, just fucking love scrambling food, ate Jaffa cakes like they were going out of fucking fashion, and went into probably like secondary school um, a little bit overweight. Like, wouldn't have been obese by any stretch, but I was overweight. And what people told me in the playground is that I was fat. I was big. I was, fucking hell, you're a big lad. Or um, just like, you know, when you get these little passing comments, fuck, you're not fitting into this thing. Or like, I just, there's certain occasions within my life where I remember like just someone making a passing comment saying, fucking hell, you eat a lot or like you're fat. And those things get ingrained into your brain. Um, and then what you try to do is as a young teenager, this is what I tried to do. I tried to lose weight. And it didn't work. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it properly. So I built up more evidence about my self-limiting beliefs that I could not lose weight. So lost that belief and began to then create this true belief that I could not lose weight. Therefore, I needed to accept it and I would never lose weight. So when I then came to actually losing weight, it took. It was hard. Like I, I gave up a lot because I was like, I can't do this until I then found someone who actually went, you know what, you can do this. You just need the right system in place. You need to believe that you can do it instead of pressing the self-destruct button every time that you have, like, this is what happens with people losing weight. If I was to go off on a, to a tangent is that they've struggled before with their diets and they've never had evidence that it works before. Therefore, when they come on my program and they maybe lose a little bit of weight and then they've, they've had some success, but then things plateau, they begin to go, oh, fuck, it's happening again here's this time where I can't lose weight. Oh, fuck. Oh, well, let's give up. Let's just fuck it. That's me again. Can't lose weight. And they go backwards. And so that's a major self-limiting belief. And that's one that I had. And previous relationships where things haven't went the way I wanted them to, I would have suffered some sort of rejection or some sort of like, um, some sort of kind of like bad news within that. And, I've then believed I was not good enough. I was not worthy. Therefore, I go into future relationships thinking, well, this is going to fucking end terribly because it's, it's like when people kind of like maybe go through like an affair or something like that. Their next relationship is so hard because there's a barrier to break down that a belief to break down that that might happen again. I can't trust anyone because I trusted that last person and fuck, it went to shit. So it's like building up the... Get, letting go of that self-limiting belief and kind of letting go of yourself to actually believe that next person that, that you can um, build up a bit of truth with them and then even worse if it happens two times three times fuck you think all men are fucking arseholes all women are arseholes and you're never going to find a good relationship but again it's a story that you tell yourself because statistically unless you are picking some pretty sh shitty people statistically the next one should work because not everyone cheats and not everyone has affairs so it's like statistically the next one should work but you've built up this belief in your head that it won't football the last example would be um i've had some really good coaches um but have some of them said to me you can't do this you're shit at this like just proper old school coaching and maybe told me that i'm not good at something therefore how long did it, like when I have the ball in a certain situation, for example, I may then believe, oh, fuck, I can't do that. Like, I'm not good enough to do that. Why would I take a shot from fucking 30 yards? I did that once and someone told me to never do it again. So it's, again, a self-limiting belief that you're not good enough for a certain thing. 
Um, so yeah, it's there's a couple of mines. I won't go into much more detail because we could, I've had a few over the years, so I could be sitting sitting here for a while. Um, so yeah, let's crack on to the next page. So here's my concept of how to overcome self-limiting beliefs. Now, it's not one size fits all. It's just something that I believe works and it's something that I've trialed and errored with a lot of clients. Um, I'm going to call them client A, B, and C, and I'm going to, I'm going to try and indicate how these people were able to get through it. And let's say client A who came into the program with like a lack of self-belief, like a history of mental health problems. Um, because they believed that they had very little friends. They believed that nobody really, really liked them. They didn't have like a tribe. They didn't have a group of people that liked them. They always just tried to fit in. And it was like each group of people that they kind of began to join friends with and they began to kind of um, get pally with, eventually kind of they just filtered out of that group they kind of just eventually didn't get invited to things they eventually just kind of ended up being pretty lonely um, and I know this is not the traditional like personal training client this is like something a little bit different and that person had the self-limiting belief that nobody really liked them they, they didn't fit into anything they weren't part of a group and that's where the, the mental health problems probably came from which is is really it's really sad like it, it is really sad and i've worked with this person for a long long time now and it's taken time to get them to feel part of what we do here like they they've found they've kind of like found home within this program that's like the most fucking touching thing i could possibly get out of this program is that someone's actually found like a tribe like someone's actually found like a group of people that they can actually enjoy being with and what it's allowed them to do is not only feel at home with us but then feel at home with other groups of people people that because they were looking to spend time with the wrong people before and weren't, wasn't it wasn't his problem. And okay, I've, I would the, the gender now. It wasn't his problem. It was um it was the people that he was hanging about with. It was it was the wrong people for him until he found his own tribe. And how that like related to self-belief was that he didn't believe he could be part of something. Therefore, self-belief it has this compounding effect, like anything where you don't believe you can be part of a group of friends, then you don't believe that you can achieve many other things in life. And this is why I think, this is why I believe that the process that we go through in this program is actually really good to overcome self-limiting belief. So what we brought back to this person was we started training in the gym. The person hadn't trained in the gym for years and years and years. They told me that they didn't really know what they were doing in the gym. So that was the first step. Let's help you understand what you're doing in the gym. You get into the gym, you can feel confident, you know exactly what you're doing. A bit of self-belief was built up. A little bit of self-belief was, oh, actually, fuck, I can train in the gym now. I've got this new tribe in the gym. I've got these new people that I can speak to, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't what it was all about. It was, it was about kind of body composition and feeling strong and blah, blah, blah. So they were able to overcome that. What they were then able to overcome was challenge. So they were over overcoming challenge on a weekly basis, lifting more, getting in better shape, understanding that, fuck, I'm seeing this through. I'm building up discipline. Like, I'm actually achieving something really cool here. And then off the back of that, they got stronger, they got fitter, and it was, it was time to actually take another step. And it was time to sign up for an event and signed up for a marathon. Um, so this person signed up for the marathon and initially was like, fuck, I'll never be able to do a marathon. And another self-limiting belief that they had is, I've had dodgy knees for a year, dodgy knees with asterisks next to them. It's not always true. I can't road run. Now, 
where was that self-limiting belief bought on? It was probably bought on the fact that they've had a knee injury before. They've tried to then run again or to play football, and that knee injury has flared up again. And what we found with found was with the right program, with the right nutrition, with the right recovery protocols, this person was able to run again. 10K, 11K, 12K, 13K, 14K, 50K, 20K, 30K, full marathon. And when they got up to that training distance, they were like, fuck, that's another self-limiting belief that I've just kicked out of the park and I've just told it to fuck off, essentially. So if that thing about the group of friends wasn't true and that thing about not being able to run wasn't true, what fucking else isn't true? Example number two is a quite a similar example um, and you'll be able to decipher who the client is pretty easily if you know anything about my program. So initially worked with this person through a football preseason and the person had an injury, a pretty bad injury. It was a, a knee injury, another knee injury. There's plenty of these kicking about. And the, the thought process was that oh, I'm never going to be able to play football again. Like that's my football career done because it was an MCL injury. So it was the lateral movement. And I know the person didn't necessarily say this out loud, but I'm sure they were thinking it. I might need to retire. This might be the end of my football career. Um, and we, the person then didn't have the knowledge or the belief or the evidence to understand that that belief was not true. Beliefs and stories are just stories. They're just things that float around in your head. And you are the one that's made it true. It's nobody else. It's not the world doesn't believe it's true. Plenty of people fucking, here's a, here's a story about self-belief. Marvin Andrews that used to play for Rangers did his ACL in the late nineties. He then decided through almost like ridiculous self-belief that God will heal my ACL. Now, this is a fucking mad story. Go and Google it. It's crazy. So he did his ACL and then went, God will heal this. God will heal my ACL. I think he was back in like two weeks or something playing again. Have you ever heard that it's recovered from an ACL injury in, um, in two weeks? Marvin Andrews. It's, it, I might misquote the two weeks thing, but I'm pretty sure it was a ridiculous amount of time and he was back playing again. Now, he believed... As pl- like the like the ultimate placebo as he believed that his knee was fine. So he kept playing because God said it was fine. When in reality, it was probably still absolutely fucked. Um, but he believed that, therefore he kept playing. So placebo and belief is just huge. So back to the client that I was just talking about. So he believed he couldn't play football again. In the back of his head, there was probably a thought that this might be hard. We gave him the right training program. We put the right things in place and he was back playing football again. There's that little bit of belief. And this, this was a... There was a ladder, a series of events that led him to where he is now. And again, I'm not taking all the credit for it because this person's a fucking hard worker and um, puts in the graft. So we eventually got to a point where we were training for a marathon. We'd stopped playing football for a bit. We were training for a marathon and then an injury popped up. Weren't able to do the marathon. In the back of your head, you build up that belief again. Ah, that, there's me again, Mr. Fucking Injured. That course, I can't do the marathon. That's been me. That's a that's a death sentence to, to my knee or ankle, whatever it was. Um, I'm not going to be able to run this marathon. I'm done for. But this person, luckily, had a fucking bit of grit and was able to get back at it. We go about a year and a bit down the line. They've just finished a 110 two-day ultramarathon um, in the in the Peak District down in England. And again, you, you know you know who this is right now. And when he had that first injury after doing the marathon, would he have foreseen within a year's time that he would have been doing a 110 kilometer ultra marathon? No, he wouldn't have, not one bit. 
but what comes, and this is an extreme example, but what comes of the belief that, oh, actually I can do a 110 kilometer iron, uh, not Ironman, uh, ultra marathon. What else can you believe off the back of that? Like, what else do you then believe about yourself? What are you not capable of after that? Now, this is why I think fitness and running and training in the gym and completing certain events, challenges that you currently don't believe that you can do are one of the greatest catalysts for you progressing with your life. Like, I know there's other ways that you can do it, but the quote goes like this, like, and I've used this quote over and over and over, but I just love it. It's my favorite quote ever. Um, I think it is my favorite quote ever. I like a few quotes. So it's like, building confidence is not about, and this is kind of building self-belief, building confidence is not about shouting affirmations in the mirror. It's about building an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. So the belief and the self-esteem does not come without evidence. So it's just the same as like self-limiting beliefs work. If you've got a pack of evidence that you are something or you are someone and you don't like that, you've got to build evidence in the opposite direction. So if you've got heaps of evidence over the years that you get rejected by girls and you've never been able to get a relationship, go and build up some evidence that that's not true. Um, and now I know that's a complicated situation, but if we're speaking about fitness, it's a little bit more... It's a little bit more simple. We go out and we run. We run 5K on Monday. We run 5K on Thursday. We go to the gym on Saturday. That's week one. There's some evidence. I've not broken down yet. I'm feeling good. I'm I'm training. I'm getting to where I want to be with my fitness goals. Next week, I run 7K. I run 10K. I do two gym sessions. More evidence. I build up a bit of self-belief. And the thing that's so great about doing events like High Rocks, running events, climbing a Monroe, doing the three peaks, um, I'm just thinking of things that I've, done in the past is that off the back of that i'm like fuck if i can that's what i just said if i can do that what else can i do like i can do so much with my life now um like i use an example of scott mcdonald the guy that spoke at my first live event he ran uh six or seven marathons back to back over the sahara desert um and this is a guy that didn't even train six years ago he was like classic kind of dad bod guy who's like oh, i just want to get in some shape just want to get in shape from the holiday so i don't look fat on my in my holiday pictures five years down the line he's worked with the guy that coaches me he's done the hardest iron man in the world he has run the sahara desert and he's currently booked in to do an ultra marathon through the amazon rainforest now upper end of the of the threshold that one not everyone needs to run the sahara desert you may die that's a fact um but what do you think he doesn't believe you can do now like, it'll almost be on a mad scale. Is there anything he believes that he can't do now? Nothing. I mean, I'm sure there's certain things, but um, that's how you outwork your self-limiting beliefs. And that's truly, I know there's going to be maybe someone who works as a counsellor or a psychologist that, that knows this is more nuanced than this. But for some people, this works. For some people, this really helps build self-belief. And I could speak to over 50 of my clients who have, been through a process like that that now believe a lot more about themselves and believe that they are much more capable of things and that's where a lot of fucking confidence comes from confidence self-belief whatever you want to call it um and here's something that i think is really really quite fucking good and it's a quote to finish on it's that one of the most powerful six human needs is certainty so as a human we crave certainty certainty about our security we want to make sure that we're not going to die tomorrow 
we want to make sure that we've got enough money to feed our family and to keep a roof over our head. We want to make sure that we have food, we have water. We want to make sure that we're going to live. We want to make sure that the people around us are protected. We want to make sure that if my client says that he's coming in at eight o'clock tomorrow, he's coming in at eight o'clock tomorrow and I don't turn up at the gym and look like a dick because he's not turned up or the other way around has been known to happen once or twice, not very often. Um, But, the thing about certainty is it obviously is very much needed, but it can also hold you back. Certainty, imagine you needed to have certainty about absolutely every single thing in your life. Everything that you do, you must have certainty. You must have protection, security. It holds you back. It's what prevents you from quitting the job that you hate. It's what keeps you in unhealthy relationships with partners and even like friends and family that are holding you back. It's, it's why you never went and traveled to Australia it's why you never fucking quit your job and just fucked off traveling. Um, it kills your dreams. Like it's limiting beliefs are like certainty's best friend. That's a quote here. Limiting beliefs are certainty's best friend. They keep you comfortable. They keep you in this little cocoon. You'll never get hurt in there. Nothing will ever bad will ever happen to you. You'll make, you won't get eaten by the T-Rex and you won't, you won't hurt yourself. You'll, you'll be completely fine. But if I was to, hold a gun to your head right now and I said you've got one minute to rattle off all the things you wish you'd done and all the things that you should have done with your life and all the things that you regret as such and how many would you have and would you would self-limiting beliefs go out with the fucking window if I was to hold that gun to your head and you were like fuck I didn't do that because I was scared because I was like oh when you turn 70 and you're fucking 10 stone overweight and you've never worked on your fitness and you've never achieved anything that you wanted to achieve and you've never been the places that you wanted to see just understand that now sitting where you are right now self-limiting beliefs that you have the stories that you the stories it's a story it's not true the stories that you tell yourself right now or will be will be what keep you safe and protect you but they will also be what fucking make your life a regret and you will have so many regrets when you turn 40 50 I didn't do that. I didn't do this because I was scared because I had a self-limiting belief that wasn't true. And here's the final thing. You know nothing. You know absolutely nothing. You don't know what's true. You don't know what's you don't know what's true and you don't know what's not true. So try not to let a little story in your head tell you what's true about the world or tell you what's true about yourself because it is a story, it is a made-up novel in your head. Um so yeah, finito. Um, please drop me a message if you like the podcast, if you disagree with something um, and please share it on your story as well. If you've listened to this right to the end, please share it on your story um, and please just send me a message. Let me know what you think. I always like to hear from people that listen to the podcast. It's Even if you're currently a client, um, even if you're someone that's a client, just let me know what you think um, and I will catch up with you guys soon. I enjoyed that one.